Hey everybody, we're back. A new season of the Elam Midweek Podcast. It has now returned. I uh, hope you've missed us. We are so excited to be back. Uh, we're so excited to actually share about some of the things that are going on inside of Elam, but also all of the stories that are happening in the lives of people in our church. So every Wednesday, we're going to have a brand new episode. And today, we are starting by this brand new series that we're into called This is Elam. Last weekend, Pastor Marvin preached his first sermon, and it's all based on our missional values here at Elam. And the first one is is Embrace All People. Here's my uh, my interview with Pastor Marvin. Hope you enjoy it. Take a listen. So thanks for being on the first podcast of the year, Pastor Marvin. It is. New season. New season. And so we're in the middle of this series, This is Elam, and we're talking about vision and mission. And so we've ta- and we've overseen this, this idea of that we are a church on the journey together to be more like Jesus. But then how that comes out are these four missional components. And this first one was embrace all people. So do you kind of want to give us uh, a bit of a recap of the sermon, but on top of it all, where your heart is in looking at this as a preferred future, because that's really what vision is all about. Right, vision is about about the future that you feel under God that you want to create. Mm. So uh, I talked a little bit about uh, on Sunday about how corporations have these visions. Yeah. But when it comes to the church, you have to ask the question of what does God want for mm. our future? And so as we sat down as leaders, you know, some years ago and hammered out this, this statement, uh, both the vision statement and then the four points of mission, mm-hmm. um, embrace all people came out of this uh, understanding that that's really our, our mission. Mm-hmm. And, and the way we're going to become more like Jesus is that we, we embrace all people. So I talked a little bit about... Um, how Jesus actually embraced people that were unembraceable by the religious mm. leaders, and uh, I made the point that he wasn't very picky about who he who he engaged, who he embraced. And so, if we we're never more Jesus-like than when we embrace people, mm-hmm. all people, and uh, talked about the fact that all. People means all people, and how that when Paul said in Christ there is neither male nor female, Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, he was he was really expanding on for them in a revolutionary way mm-hmm. about who they should relate to, and so the church is that one place, and particularly in that society that Paul is writing to the churches in Roman society. Um, it was very class structured. It was there was great division between slave and free, mm-hmm. men and women, and uh, Jews and Gentiles. So, this when he was making that statement, it was a radical statement mm-hmm. about what the Church of Jesus actually looks like. And so that a lot of that thinking went into us coming up with this this mission point. We don't want to be homogeneous. We we want to see all people. So what we have seen over the last few years is uh, many nations, many cultures, many backgrounds, um, even faith expressions. Mm-hmm. As they as they all come together, there's this desire that that whoever you are, whatever background you come from, whatever culture you you come from, that you feel the embrace of Jesus when you come into this church family. And how have you seen that change over the years here at Elam? Like, I, there, there's something about Elam that it, it does feel like an oasis. I mean, even when you look at the the name Elam, that's ultimately the idea of it is that there's it's a place a place of peace of 
of Oasis. Yeah, I think it's over the years we have changed. I think even as the city has changed. Mm. So when I arrived here 30 years ago, um, we had two non-Caucasians in the church. Wow. And, uh, and then what we saw over the years as immigration uh, was just the reality. We used to see immigration only in Vancouver, Toronto, right. maybe a little bit of Winnipeg. But when immigration began to uh, impact our city, we saw the nations coming and we, we wanted to create an environment where, where, we, where, they, where they felt the embrace of Jesus. So we, we, want, this, we want to see this multi, we want a piece of heaven yeah. on earth. Uh, when I look at, at uh, you know, the book of Revelation as John describes heaven, all, all peoples, all tribes, all tongues, all nations. So the church should be a reflection on earth of, of what heaven's gonna be like. And so just having to work hard at that, mm-hmm. uh, uh, recognizing, and, and I think you keep on saying different is okay, diverse is good. Uh, we, Jesus div- tore down the dividing walls yeah. be- between us and God, and so those dividing walls shouldn't, should, should be torn down between us and others as well. And so how did, how did you lead that? Because ultimately... In that season, for there to be maybe two non-Caucasians and then a whole slew of immigration uh, and watching people come to the church, I think automatically people get, not I'm, people would never say, oh, well, you know, that people are different, we want to keep them out. But there are maybe stereotypes or there are perceived fears or perceptions about people. So how did you help to break those things down so that over time this this place elam is a place where so many multinations have found their way because that's part of the embracing side of it i think it came partly out of my own curiosity Mm. about culture i am really fascinated by different cultures uh, different cultural practices and so i engaged um people of different cultures and as they invited me into their cultural settings, I think of in you know in in Nigerian culture, it's high value in in baby naming, um, the, the uh, high honor. Mm-hmm. I just be, I was so fascinated by those. I, I engaged people and learned about it, and, and became and got invited to some of those gatherings, and had to lead some of the gatherings. And uh, I think just maybe leading the way with was probably part of it. I think of our Filipino friends. I think mm-hmm. back in the 90s, as so many Romanians were, were coming to the city uh, and seeing them uh, and engaging with them, and we began to offer, back in the mid-90s, mid to late 90s, English classes uh, for Romanian um, wow. uh, people who were coming from Romania because the Ceausescu regime had fallen and they were wanting to make a new life. And so I think it's my own fascination. I hope that was, you know, kind of people caught the bug, caught my bug a little yeah. bit as a leader. And then we just did certain things to engage people from different cultures, helping them with ESOL where that was a need, yep. um, matching students with and with uh, at the university, international students with people in our church. Hmm. Those became really important connections. I think it was just a variety of things. I don't even know that we were that intentional or conscious. I think it came out of 
just a curiosity that I had. Yeah, because I, I know for me, when the first, the first time I'd ever stepped into the sanctuary here, I was struck by the diversity that was in the room. Uh, I mean, even my wife, I, like we, Carrie and I actually talked about how afterwards we saw this, this one man in full Nigerian garb standing beside a guy that had dreadlocks. Uh, you know, he's a Caucasian guy with dreadlocks and they're talking and they're having this incredible time together of just laughing. And that for me was, was one of the clinchers of saying, well, this is where I, w- I want to land and this is where I want to, I, I want to make home. Um, and so it's taken work, but then together we've decided as, as a leadership team that one of our values, one of the missional values that we have is to embrace all people. And that will come with some tension. And, and I, what I loved in your sermon was you did give us some hows in terms of what does this look like to embrace all people, uh, even from a church context first and then out into the community. So uh, do you want to expand a bit on those? Right. So I think that it's a, it's a matter of us individually removing barriers to relationship. And so our natural default is to barriers and to put up guards mm-hmm. and to say I'm gonna I'm gonna relate to people who agree with me, who look like me, who think like me, who are in my age demographic, all those kinds of things. So I think you have to be fairly intentional. I think the first step, and this is what I where I started um, in in the application points, was that if you at this point are out of relationship with somebody because of a relational breach or because you don't like a certain culture, I think mm-hmm. that that is an that that is just unacceptable yeah. in in the body of Christ. Uh, because if Jesus embraced all people, then find you're going to find ways to embrace those people. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think where there's been a relational breach, my encouragement is as far you know the words of Paul, as far as it's within your power, you know, be at peace with all men. Mm-hmm. And so being at peace means I'm able to embrace all people. Mm-hmm. So if you there's some people, and I made this point on Sunday, that, I mean, if you've tried to ever hug a porcupine, you know, that's a problem. Yeah. They're prickly, but, uh, and some people don't want to be embraced, So, I, but that's really up to them. Sure. As far as it's within you, reconcile, make things right, right. do what you need to do. Yeah. So I think that's step number one. Remove the barrier, and if the barrier is, has been a relational breach, somebody has hurt you, there's a biblical way to... Um, pathway to reconciliation sure and if you don't reach reconciliation at least know that you've done everything you can to uh to make that possible and 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 i love the the point of curiosity too like that is how you break down some walls Mm -hmm. as well right like having enough curiosity about another person to step out and to make the first move of initiation of saying, I, right. I do want to get to know you more right. as a person. I, I'm not comfortable necessarily with everything that you're about or who you are because I don't know you or it's, it's a different culture, but I'm curious. Right. And I think that's the first one of the first steps. That's fantastic. Yeah. The, I mean, the opposite of love is not hatred. The opposite of love is apathy. Mm. I just don't care. I don't, I don't want to get to know you. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I have no, no affection for you. Right. So I think you have to break through that because mm-hmm. that is often our default. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Secondly, what I called our church to was making a meaningful connection with someone where you figuratively or literally uh, greet them with a holy kiss. Mm-hmm. So maybe connect with somebody 
who you wouldn't normally connect with mm-hmm. in the world, but because of Jesus, you have this. There's a there is the spiritual connection yeah. you already have. Um, so leverage that spiritual connection. And my encouragement was before you leave the building, connect with somebody in a meaningful way, mm-hmm. eye to eye, face to face, and uh, find out who they are. Or maybe you know who they are, but connect with them in a way that brings encouragement and strength to them as a member of the family. Right. So that was uh, that was number two, Fantastic. and I think that becomes an ongoing practice. Yeah. The third one was a little more long-term, kind of lifestyle-oriented, and that's find a group of people that you're going to connect with. And so we we watched the video, uh, the Boschmans yeah. and their story yeah, yeah, yeah. of connecting deeply through a small group. And so I gave some options and... Of course, we had to sign up for either alpha or small groups or mentoring. Mentoring yep. is just even a deeper way to connect with somebody to oh. greet them with a holy kiss, which yep. was the Romans 16, 16 um, uh, passage. And so you're going to find ways to do that. Yep. Uh, Paul's using that language um, says, "I you want the family of God to be a place where People do feel embraced, and there's mm-hmm. this warmth, and there's affection that is that is expressed, and that's as I said, you are never more Jesus-like than when you embrace somebody. Because I think sometimes the 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 comments are, well, Elam's so big, it, it's hard to feel that way. But the encouragement to go and find a smaller group of people where you can actually do life with on a regular basis. Right. This is impossible for everybody to know 15, you know, 1500 people on a weekend. Uh, it's absolutely impossible to feel like you're finding significant intimate relationships with uh, everybody. But if you do join a small group or go to alpha or go to uh, a me- in, join into a mentoring relationship, there's something that is warm and deep and meaningful about those things. Yes, I, and I think that's why I included all three of those because it isn't just about the greeting on right. a on a week in a weekend service. Yeah. I think you do actually have to go deeper than that yeah. um, because you can greet warmly, but that's more that's that's a facade. I think it has to mm. it does have to go deeper. And in one of the quotes from the early church fathers, they said, "You know, embrace one another, kiss one another warmly, not mm. like Judas." <laughs> who uh, who betrayed the Lord, you yeah. know? And I think sometimes a greeting in a in an atrium or a foyer almost is a Judas like thing, yeah. where where it's not it's not for the benefit of the person. Right. It's kind of for you just to feel warm or whatever. So I think uh, what Paul is calling for is a genuine warmth and one that crosses the cultural, the age divides, all the things mm-hmm. that would want to divide us. And what a what a statement then that makes and what a unique place the church is really in, in a world where everyone is segregated based on demographic base. Uh, like even in, in the rest of the city, like we're, we're together, people are together, but there is, there is these divisions in various senses. And the church is really this place where there's no ethnocentrism, ageism, everybody's together and we're all doing our best to follow Jesus uh, and follow, go down that journey with him. So, And it was profoundly so in, in ancient Rome, in mm. the church that Paul was writing. I think our divisions are a little more subtle, but they're still there. Absolutely. And I think the call that Paul makes, and he says it four times, Peter says it once, but he says it a little differently, is this appeal to cross whatever 
boundaries you've you've set up in terms of your care for people and that was the call fantastic well thank you for taking the time so appreciate everything that you you do for thanks us. josh all right have all a good right. day have a good week everybody what a great guy i i so appreciate that man he's yeah, he's just a he's a fantastic dude well for those that are listening something that we want to do this year is give people the opportunity to respond by asking themselves questions from the sermon that has just been preached this past weekend. Lots of times we don't take moments in, in the busyness of our lives to stop and to ask ourselves some very poignant questions. And hopefully you're listening to this and you're, you're maybe alone in, in a car, listening to this uh, you know, on some headphones as you're running down the street, or maybe you're using this as your small group curriculum uh, for, for the group that you're in. So the first question I have for you to answer for yourself or as a group is this. Is there anyone in the church family that you don't want to greet warmly? Have there been barriers that you have put up that have caused you not to necessarily find the connection points that you're looking for? Have you been a person that maybe has not embraced people warmly because of prejudice? And I know that's a big word, but Ultimately, we all have those things, stereotypes, prejudice. We, we have that. Have you created barriers to potential connectedness because uh, of some of the things that are going on inside of you? Secondly, have you made a meaningful connection with someone in the church family where you have figuratively greeted them with a holy kiss? Has there been somebody inside of our local church or inside of your church family that you have brought close to you that you've taken the steps to initiate relationship with and you've created this space of warmth that has invited them and embraced them for who they are as they are. I mean, that's a, that's a, very, that's a very important thing to, to think through for yourself. And then lastly, here's the last thing. Have you found a group of people that you'll find connection with? Have you been doing this Christian life on your own? Uh, I mean, ultimately, that makes it very difficult to do anything. So those are the three questions to ask yourself. And listen, if you want to find out anything else about Elam Church, go to elamchurch.ca. You can also find all of the podcast episodes at elamchurch.podbean.com. I hope you've enjoyed this. Looking so forward to talking about our second E, experiencing God's fullness next week. Uh, This weekend, we'll be releasing a video of, of Han. Uh, her testimony of just how God has done some incredible things in her life and how she's experienced God's fullness here at Elam. Have a great week.